What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Back in effect, purple bling bling, yo. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 215 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And of course, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Lover. That's me. Aka the Cat Daddy, aka that gamer step daddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Just happy to be here. Uh, took some time off last week. Sorry. Uh, I know you probably missed us, but we are back. Uh, had to celebrate birthdays. Uh, so, but we know you missed us. We missed you too. So we're happy to be back. Indeed, indeed. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. You, 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 you. Which might also know him as the Food Max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on? Uh, I went to go maximize my dollar today, but, uh... Good. I went to go trade some games in and got another game. And I was like looking through, uh, and it's like, eh, you know, I've, I've been wanting to pick up Day Island too, and I saw GameStop had it used for like a twenty-five bucks, twenty-six bucks. So I wound up, uh, you know, I was going to buy it outright, but I decided to just comb through the collection and, and pick some games I already own digitally. You know, why do I have physical copies of games I already own digitally? God forbid, but. <laughs> <laughs> went ahead and did the do and so yeah i got dead island too now when, when i play it i have no idea but when when you get to a cap i'll get to it how about that i've actually started i haven't continued it but i actually did start the game i'm i'm running uh uh what is i was gonna call him uh jacob i'm doing jacob's quest right uh yeah so i've been doing that uh but yeah, oh, um, how are GameStop's trade-in values right now? Since uh, I think between the three of us, you're the most recent person to trade anything back. Uh, they're okay. They're not the greatest. They're all or anything. But you know, you gotta consider all. You know, Xbox One and PS4 games are last gen now, so it's like you know you're not gonna get much. And the current gen stuff it just seems like. Eh. You know, uh, I think you go trade in like Tears of the Kingdom and you get like $33. So it's not <laughs> like you're breaking the bank or anything. Mm-hmm. That's with the 10% boost, too. So, <laughs> so yeah. No. So are you they know, better than than what they were the last time you traded in or still kind of still in the toilet? Yeah, there's no, uh, before GameStop used to do the, uh, like, um, once a month, like, you know, uh, like, Boost Plus or whatever, like, they would boost pri- um, trade-in prices for that weekend uh, to allow for more people to trade their games in, and I used that time in stack with, like, promotions mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, rule the roost a bit, so. And I could have done a little bit more, I could have put a five bucks down on Madden, <laughs> And got a 20% boost. But then I'd have to go back and cancel or move the pre-order over to something else at a later point. So it's like, you know, I'm just tired of uh, 
You know, I'm not going to like, you know, I think the games I traded in today were like a total of 26 or 27 bucks. So basically I'd, I'd have to pre-order something for five bucks and basically use the boosted money I would get from the $26 to pay for the <laughs> pre-order and then have to drive back to the store to, to move that pre-order to something else. I, I ain't about that life. I ain't about mm. that jibba jabba life no more. So. <laughs> Feels like, no, thank you. Nope. <laughs> Crazy to think I even drove out in this 104 degree heat just to mm. go, you know, flip some games or trade some games in. But I felt Dead Island for like 27 bucks is a pretty good deal, especially when it's still selling new for 70. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm trying to put one over on the man, but I didn't want to pay 70 bucks for that game. So, no, I mean, uh, I think when I got it, I can't remember if I traded something in. I think I traded something in. Maybe I'm not sure, but I, I honestly I wouldn't have minded paying the full price for it if I did, uh, because I think aesthetically as a zombie game is probably one of the best ones that I played. And I'm not particularly a, a zombie uh, connoisseur, neither of games or movies. I mean, I, I don't I don't have anything against them. I just don't have a particular uh, affinity for them if yeah that makes any sense so yes yeah. so yeah i definitely feel you now i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna get the steel book at best buy that they have for a game so we'll see <laughs> see we'll see how i finagle that you know uh, i was actually looking right when we're getting ready to record as far as if they still were providing a free steel book with the purchase of the game it's like yeah they are but the game is 70 bucks so it's like okay <laughs> and but, if the New World Order changes the currency to steel books, you are going to be the richest man in the world. Yep. <laughs> I think you actually told me you got the steel book and you're going to give it to me. I forgot. I think you, uh, I think you offered yeah, I it do. to me. Yeah, I still have it here. I still have it here. Yeah, you're you? uh, I'm not, I'm not. I'm trying yeah. to pull a fast one on you while we're recording the show. I think I remember. No, I, re- I, remember, I remember telling you you could have it if you wanted it. I still All right. have it. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm rubbing my that. hands over here. All right. <laughs> Oh yeah, mm-hmm. good. No, no scheming. See, see, I paid twenty six dollars and I got a free steelbook out of it anyway. Yes, yeah, value. Yeah, I'm gonna get done recording the show. I'm gonna use a buy two, buy two, get one free, or go get two for five. Fast food sandwiches. I'm gonna be master of value over here. I'm gonna get all my value highs over here. Piff, piff, piff. Still work. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that said, we're going into what is always our first topic on our docket, and that is the playlist. So let's let's kick things off with Dez. What you been playing, man? Well, I've been playing actually quite a bit of stuff, uh, to be completely honest. Um, I played Diablo, of course, and I beat it. Uh, if you're a part of our Discord, you'll see that I rolled credits on it. I posted the picture. Uh, very good story. I really enjoyed the story. I thought that the uh, Diablo 4 team did a really good job. Um, it's really interesting because they kind of uh, retconned some of the stuff with the Nephilim and from the first three games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because the the ending ends on a cliffhanger, which basically sets up Diablo 5. Um 
and I really hope that it is the return of the Nephilim, but I don't know if that's going to happen because in this game you are considered the Wanderer, you know. And um, is that what the, they called you in three? Uh, uh, I don't know what you were called in three. I can't remember. Joe would know better than I do. But but in three you were you were a Nephilim, so you were you were a son, one of the. So when. Lilith and Inarius had their babies, they had children, and then those children were Nephilims and they had powers. But then as, you know, genealogy, you know, took its toll and, you know, evolution, they lost their powers, I guess. And then there was you, your character was one of the was was one of one of one of the Nephilim that had more power than other people, I guess, or something like that. You know, uh, and then but that was kind of retconned out. Uh, for this for this game so yeah so i don't know so we'll see what happens i like the way that it ended um it ended a lot differently than i was expecting and i think that was that was what i really enjoyed about about the game so game is done um i know uh, i think what i'm going to be using my time for is twofold one uh, when I do play Diablo 4, I'm going to get out a, a trusty handy-dandy uh, map that one of the millions of um, online facts put out where all of the um, idols or monuments of Lilith are. Um, because once all of those are found and you unlock all the region stuff, when you start the season, you will have the first three uh portions of the region of the regions locked so there's five regions in the game and you go to each of them during during the story during the story campaign and then there are five different levels that you can do within each of the region that will give you points um that give you extra stuff like you get money you get skill points you get um extra oobles which is the kind of like "Quote unquote gambling curse currency you can use, and you also get more spots for your, um, for your uh, your your healing potions. So, but what's cool about that is when you open those, it's open account wide. So so you'll have those first three things done, and so any of the any of the extra skill points. So you'll get an extra two, four, six. So you get an extra ten skill points." to start out uh, the season if you have those three kind of unlocked and ready to go. So plus if you beat the game, you already have your horse. So you're able to, sorry, if you beat the third chapter, you get a horse. So um, once you beat the third chapter, you get your horse and then your horse is unlocked for every other person on the, every other character you create. So basically what you'll do is if you do all this stuff you'll have a leg up for when the season starts because usually because what you have to do is you have to create a new character and then play through it again and then you, you're you're hunting for new exotics and new rares and you know new legendaries and all this other stuff you know with the nightmare dungeons and stuff like that so and i'm really happy that the actual game itself the story is actually pretty good, and I don't mind watching it again because I really thought that they did a really good job of, you know, walking that kind of gray area of morality. I think there were a couple of missed opportunities, though, uh, to give the player more agency in, in what they decided because you, you get kind of a... You, 
in the course of the like the last couple of scenarios, you get you get kind of choices that that if the player was given agency to make those choices for themselves, it could have really been interesting on how sanctuary you know turned out but you're not given that chance so that's a couple of missed opportunities in my in my um in my opinion but again i think that that would just change the fundamentals of the game and that's probably why they didn't implement them but it's fine you know i enjoyed i enjoyed the time that i played i am going to play the season pass i went through and deleted all my other characters except for my level uh 52 51 character who has who i beat everything with and i you know I broke down all their stuff, got all the stuff that 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 was worth anything, and I put it in to the um into the uh, stash. That way, I have everything ready to go for the twentieth because the twentieth is when it is when it starts. And I'm trying to decide which character I'm going to play because I'm going to pick this character and run them all the way through the season. So I'm thinking about a rogue because all the guides that I've looked at and all the all the stuff say the rogue is at a really good place right now, and um. It's just a really fun kind of way to, to, to get through the game. And it's a fun play style. And I enjoy the play style. So, so, um, and it's in a really good place. It doesn't really need any buffs. It doesn't really need, read any nerfs. You know, you can, you can kind of do content. Um, you can farm content pretty nicely. Um, so I was thinking maybe, maybe the, um, the rogue or the druid. Those are the two things that I'm, the two characters that I'm really uh, thinking about. Though I beat it with the sorcerer. So, so I probably will not be playing the Sorcerer again for this next one unless they get some severe uh, TLC because it really needs some help. So, but but Diablo has been fun. Um, and then I'm going to, like I said, I beat Diablo. So, but the focus is going to be on playing Final Fantasy 16 because I do want to roll credits on that. So, so when I'm playing multiple multiple player multiplayer games like with Joe, I'll probably be playing Diablo or something else. But I'm gonna give myself time uh, to play solo games as well. Um, and the first one is uh, Final Fantasy 16 because I really want to beat that game. I really want to see what is next in that game. So, uh, but those are the other the the, the two game. Well, Diablo 4 is the, the 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 game that I played the most. But this past weekend, um, I went on a trip up to the Pacific. Well, I went up to uh, Arcata, McKinleyville uh eureka those areas i went up there and i made a uh i made a conscious effort to bring my switch <sighs> excuse me uh, um, um had a little sneeze um so i brought my switch and i i played a bunch of games on my switch while i was on vacation at night or when we were all kind of like you know sitting around not doing anything so i pulled out my switch and i and i played games so uh, a couple of games that i played that that i downloaded uh, that I've played before. Uh, these were games that run really exceptionally well on the Switch, and are really, um, if you have a Switch, you really should pick them up because they were they were definitely on sale for like less than ten dollars. I think some were, were like, I think some was like ten dollars, one was like twelve. But uh, it was Pillars of Eternity, the first one, fantastic game, runs really smooth on the Switch, and I've come to find that I really like playing it handheld. There's something about playing that game handheld and on the screen. It just, it just, it just feels good. So I played the majority of the time I played Pillars of Eternity, and I've been, I was really enjoying that. Uh, another game that I played was um, uh, Pillars of Eternity. There was uh, Darkest Dungeon. I downloaded Darkest Dungeon. 
And that's another sort of RPG, side-scrolling RPG game where you basically go through these, you know, this these dungeons underneath this manor to try to stop a Cthulhu-like, you know, entity from coming back. And it's like, you know, sanity and loss of blood and there's, there's villains and cultists and stuff. So, but again, uh, played fantastic on the Switch. Uh, if you don't have it, you should probably pick it up. Uh, and then a couple of games that I got that I that were download games um, that were really super cheap was I got uh, As Divine Hearts, which is like a Kimco game made with like RPG Maker. Um, but I've, I'm a sucker for those games because they look they look good. They have very nice sprites. The pixel animation is fun. Uh, the stories are usually very silly. Uh, this one is definitely silly. I mean, you're two orphans, and the one guy is just completely callous and crass, who's the main character. And then the second one is this super hot-headed girl who has whips, and they're constantly fighting with each other. You know, like siblings, but it's hilarious. And then there's this goddess of of creation that is that is on the run from something. And then she was going to steal one of their bodies, but inadvertently got, she stole the body of, of, of a cat. So now she's this divine being that's in a cat and they're running around trying to help this divine cat being, you know, save the world. So it's very silly. It, it, it it's, it, I don't know. I it just, it's one, it's, it's a classic super NES turn-based type game, but, but the, but the graphics are beautiful the story is lighthearted and silly. Um, it was like five bucks. It's and it's it's a full game, like thirty hours. So I was like, okay. So so I was just something that I was craving. So so as Divine Hearts, they have a second one too, which I bought because it was super cheap too. So I'm probably gonna play that and beat it. Another really good one is a Dungeons of Dreadrock. Uh, I've talked about this pre- prior, but it's a um, a it's sort of like uh crypt of the necrodancer so you basically hop like when you move they move and so you have to hop you know back and forth and you you have to you have to avoid traps you have to avoid other monsters if a monster jumps in your path you jump forward and you hit them that's how you attack them so you have to so it's a lot of like jumping around and making sure that you line up your position well. So it's a it's a it's a puzzle game, but sort of like an action RPG game. It's not a roguelite or anything. You just you're basically just going into this dungeon to save your brother. And what I like about that game is you can just basically put it on. It starts up real quick, plays really well, and you just play a couple of levels and then you're done, you know, and you can just keep going. It's super it's super quick and easy to play. It doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome when you want it to and and it's really kind of fun, you know, and it looks great. It looks great. Another really solid game on the Switch. Would this uh, be a good couch game for you or something? Oh yeah, definitely. And you can play it on the all these games are really fantastic to play on the go too, you know, because you can just pop it out, it loads up really fast, you play a couple of levels. The levels aren't terribly tricky. Some of them are but most of them are not very tricky and you can kind of get through maybe two while you're waiting to see your doctor or something, you know, you're on the bus or something. It's, it's, it's really kind of fun. Nice little time waster. Uh, only a couple more. Uh, I, the other one I played was here be dragons. And that is, that's a very quirky game. It's an, it's a seafaring game. 
in which you play as a pirate, a new pirate, but it's a dice rolling game and, and you, you have a ship and you face different armadas and then you roll the dice. A little cherub on a, on a, on a cloud flies in and he spits up dice on and you have to basically assign the dice where you want to try to get the most optimum rolls in order to destroy your your foes. And there's different chapters and there's different weird nautical monsters that you fight, but the real selling point is the way that it looks. It it looks like a uh, an old map, an old map, and uh, one of those old cartographer maps. And your and your ship is kind of moving along, and it's it it has very quirky art artwork like "Don't Starve." But but it's more uh, the tones are more muted as well. But really fun game. Um, that was the game that I played the least because it was the one that that had the most sort of. I, I, it was one of the most like I don't want to say formulaic, but it was just because it was a dice rolling game and and it has a pretty lengthy tutorial to play through. So to teach you how to play it. So but it was fun. I probably will go back to it again. And then the last two games that I played on my Switch uh, was Advance Wars 1 plus 2 uh, Reboot Camp. So I played the first one because you have to play and beat the first one before you get to the second one. And the game looks fantastic. It it plays well. It looks great. Um, I thought that I would get annoyed by the way everything is like super like blue or super orange or the colors or everything has the same color scheme and everything, but it looks, it looks pretty good. Um, it, it didn't take away from anything, um, the, the, the gameplay wise, but the game is tough as nails. Like you really need to strategize because the computer does not hold any punches and it is it, it's 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 really hard i died on the first mission i played through the tutorial fine did everything great and i thought okay i'm gonna steamroll this first one no i got completely demolished on, on the first map so it you gotta you gotta pay attention to what you're doing if you want a really good turn-based tactical game advanced wars uh, one plus two reboot camp is is the game for you it is it is fantastic i highly recommend uh you playing it if, if you're a tactical kind of fantasy guy you're a person so it's it's a really good game so so definitely check it out i spent the second most time playing that one after pillars of eternity just great um and then i tried to take etrian odyssey with me um but you unfortunately you need a um to my knowledge, you need a uh, internet connection to play it because it because it it um, I don't know why, but 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 it wasn't it wasn't recognizing uh, anything when I tried to play it without internet connection. I have not tried to play it again without an internet connection, uh, but uh, I wasn't able to play it when I when I when I left when I was on vacation. But I played it when I came back and. Uh, the game is gorgeous. It's fantastic. I I really super enjoy it. It's the uh, Etrian Odyssey one, two, and three HD remake. Remake. I got them from Play Asia, um, so both games are on the cart. And um, unfortunately, because I'm an American and I'm playing it on an American, I have an American account that I'm playing on. I cannot do any of the extra special DLC unless I go on my Japanese account. To do it so I, def- I technically could do that but i haven't done it so but uh but it's been fun i started with the first one and it's been and it's been a lot of fun uh 
and and it's just I, it's, it's everything that I remember the, the the first game being well and and it's fun. Uh, my leader is uh, Big Joe, so he's the he's the leader of my of my group. Uh, my mercenary guild is called the Red Tigers, and I got you know some friends up in there. But Big Joe, Big Joe's yeah, the yeah. the Big, big Joe. He's got a he's got a big old axe, and he's just you know he 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 leads the team. So I hope he doesn't die. <laughs> so because I will mourn Big Joe if he dies. So. But, uh, Big Joe always has an axe to grind. So there you go, there you go. But I know that was a lot. But I again, I tried to. I, I I made it a very a very strong point to play my Switch when I went out of town because I think the Switch needs to get a lot more love than I've been showing it. So and and there's just a ton of stuff to play on it, you know. And um and yeah, if you have one, you know, these are some really good games that you should try. You know, and again, they're not super expensive. Uh, the ones that I got off the um that I downloaded off the eShop. So definitely, definitely try it. It's really, really good. I think you'll enjoy it. You, uh, is this uh, maybe making you take another look at maybe like the Steam Deck or the Rogue Ally? No, no. Um, it's funny. Some guys that I play D&D with on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday, they're really big gamers. Really big gamers, actually. One of And they're fighting game enthusiasts. So one of one of the guys that I play with is actually uh, him and his partner are going to uh, Evo and he's competing in the Street Fighter com- competition. I had no idea. So so I'm going to like go and um, think I might try to, you know, meet up with him and be like, hey, you know, and kind of give him um, uh, some props because he's been practicing like crazy and they play on. Um, it's funny. They play it on uh, the on the on the switch deck they they, they play uh steam deck? the steam decks thank you they, they play it on the steam deck you know and then the other one my other friend both of them played D with me he got the rogue ally and 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 was playing um playing it on that because they're really big like gearheads and they love uh video games and and whatnot and so they're the ones that are that were that were showing me everything about those two systems and they look pretty good they look pretty good but for me i just i'm a console fan at heart so like i'm 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 sitting here looking at my gaming pc and i just haven't shown it love in months so so for me i I just don't i've tried very hard to be a uh a pc gamer but i just don't think that pc gaming is is for me so so no i will not be picking up either either one um i just don't think that i would get enough value um like the value proposition for me is just not high enough you know to to invest that money and i know steam had had their decks on sale and you know the new ones out and all this other stuff but or the new like um rogues or the rogue came out and i'm just i just i, I like my consoles i Nothing against PC or anything like that, but I'm just I'm just a console player at at heart, and if most of the stuff that's on PC will come to console at some point, and I have the I have enough patience and wherewithal to wait for it to come, it's totally fine. You know, I'm I'm good. So no, I will not be picking up one. So, uh, but that's it for me. So I'm gonna kick it over to Kev. Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. Um. 
because I was waiting for some t- my AC to get fixed yeah. or repaired. You've been playing, you, you playing the AC repairing uh, game. Yeah, I've been playing that. But uh, once that was taken care of, uh, I booted my console back up. Uh, I, fi- I played and finished. I can't remember if I mentioned this in our last show or not, but I played and finished uh, Monster Hunter uh, Sunbreak. So I rolled credits on that. The only thing I'm going to do there is try to build a master set of gear for both the bow and the longsword because those are the two weapons that I use. Uh, the only issue with like the bow is that the uh, the Archfiend, the name this is the name of the the final monster, I think. I need a waist piece that has an element that is like 1%. And I don't know if I have the patience to farm that repeatedly, just trying to get that one piece. Uh, <laughs> so the bow set may be off, may be off the table, but I think the uh, long sword master set is a little bit more doable. I, it uses the arch fiend chest piece, which I already have, and it might also use the gloves from the arch fiend. I, I'm going to have to do some research, but I'll, I'll keep I'll keep messing with that. Just try to try to put the bow build the, a master bow build set together. If I can't do the exactly the meta, you know, the the meta one. Uh, then I will try to uh, try to mimic it as best I can with the gear that I have, and then I'll probably just call it a day for the bow. Uh, same for the long sword as well. Um, I don't know. I that is the one thing that I'm that I that kind of frustrates me about Monster Hunter is that there are some pieces that have that require elements that have such a low drop rate that it mm. kind of takes the fun out of the game, particularly once you get to end game. I mean, um, I guess that, I guess for, for maybe the tr- traditional monster hunter players, that's where the fun, uh, is after you roll credits is farming that one, that one thing and finally cracking the, RN, the RNG code and getting that drop or getting that uh, element to forge that piece of armor or make that weapon godlike. But I don't know, man. For me, it 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 does start to take the fun out of the game when you put when you put the RNG at such a low drop level. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. it's it's ridiculous. I'm not going to farm the same monster 20, 30, 40, 50 times to try and get a draw. I'm just not going to I'm just not going to do that. And I'm throwing those numbers out arbitrarily. I don't know if you really have to hunt hunt a monster 20, 30, 40, 50 times to get it, but when you start to, when you start hitting me with 1%, 2%, 2%, I just don't have the patience. There, there's things that there's other things that I that I would rather spend my gaming time doing. So, uh, still Monster Hunter is going to be in the play rotation, but I don't know how 
in depth that's going to be uh, once I figure out which meta set I'm going to go for. Uh, but the other game that I played and I spent a lot of time playing it last night was Final Fantasy 16. Still loving the game. I've I hit another um, I guess turning point in the story. Excellent, excellent. Um, I I can't I can't gush enough about this game um i'm going to i'm going to keep i'm not going to say anything that's going to be spoilerific but i am going to mention that one of my abilities and i really found this to be truly it 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 really changes the way at least in my opinion that i'll be playing clive at least for the time being until some another bright and shiny ability shows up and i want to try and and use that is that there's one icon that has a very 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 well two very strong defensive powers and it is crazy the amount of damage uh that you can dish out um the one ability is kind of like a back step and then Clive will move forward and counter, and it looks like he's swinging like a giant hammer. It's it, it's it almost looks like uh, what's Thor's hammer? Mjolnir. Yeah. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah, and you just smacks whatever it is <laughs> upside the head with this ethereal hammer, and it smaller enemies like human or maybe slightly bigger than human enemies just. Just they just get sent flying, flying to the to flying to the to the to to the dark place. I mean they 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 just they're just gone. Um, larger enemies, it does crazy amount of uh, guard or crush damage because there's two there's two statuses that you you want to look out for when fighting an enemy. Of course, is that's their uh, the uh, their magic status. So if you inflict burn on something, it's going to continually burn and and lose HP that way. But there's also uh, guard or crush damage, which puts it in a you're a bigger enemy into a stagger state, and that's where you really start piling on the damage. So there's other things. Some um, I know there's some pieces of gear that add additional uh, damage output to enemies that are in stagger state. And but this these particular defensive moves that I've that I found does does crazy stagger damage to larger or boss boss like characters. So and that just adds another layer of gameplay to Clive that I'm really enjoying right now. So um, I I am I'm just really thoroughly enjoying that game it is just absolutely phenomenal um and the only other thing i haven't gone back to playing street fighter 6 yet because i've been waiting for my replacement controller to come is finally it has come it came maybe a couple days ago i just haven't had the opportunity to uh plug it in and go back into my my street fighter boot camp there but i'll definitely be doing that um as as time goes on i'm not I, although i'm going to evo i am not competing uh but 
I, I'm just, from what I have played of Street Fighter VI, it's just uh, a very good and amazing uh, uh, latest addition to the series. There's also a couple other fighting games that uh, are going to be dropping lately uh, or coming up fairly soon. I'm passing on Mortal Kombat. I've never been a Mortal Kombat person. Not the characters. I just don't like the mechanics of Mortal Kombat. Typically, I've never been a fan of those. But um, I know DNF Duel added an update, and they they've changed some systems and added a new character. I gotta say, I'm a little bit. I'm not a little bit. I'm kind of very disappointed in DNF Duel and how they have. Uh, or lack thereof maintained uh, the that game, and it's and it's really unfortunate. The changes that they're making to DNF Duel should have come out months ago, and they're just now getting to them. Uh, aside from not really having a true a real story in the fighting in in the game, it's got bare bone training. Um, uh, training. I mean, I, I say bare bones as if it doesn't have a fully featured training session. But when you compare it to what games like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, particularly in Street Fighter Six, are doing with their training, it, it, it's I, I kind of sort of have to say bare bones. It's like they're 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 sticking with things that uh, training machinations that were in place you know, two system generations ago in fighting games. And while other other games have really evolved that, this one just really seems kind of stuck in time. And the fact that they're just now updating systems and adding a new character and they're, they're trying to put out this roadmap, I, I just kind of feel that DNF Duel, as impressive a game as it is, it's time. I think it's just may have they they may have just let that that time just slip past it, because honestly, as impressive as that new character is, I think they call her the Inquisitor or the not the Inquisitioner, but I think it's the Inquisitor. It's this she's like this uh, lady samurai, and she's definitely a dope character. But I just don't see myself going back to this game, and I'm just kind of eyeballing what the the FGC is saying about it. There's just a lot of people that have just deleted it from their consoles, their PCs, and have moved on to other games. So, is, is it good enough just to like kind of play through casually and kind of thing? I think it is, but when I'm just using myself as the example. I mean, my gaming time is becoming more and more, has become more and more restricted as it is, and it will probably continue to be. Not because I want it to be; it's just that's that's just the way it is. And going back and playing that game, it might be great for you know in-person gatherings, but I'm already hearing that getting online matches in DNF duel are is getting more and more difficult. You're in the in the waiting zone for longer periods of time. And I can't remember what the last Steam user count was, but it wasn't very high. 
I mean, it wasn't ridiculously low, but it was significantly it was significantly lower than I think um, it was lower than what what Skullgirls was at the time that I saw that that data. And I can't remember the number. It, it's just. I mean, is it worth playing just to just to play it and just to check out the cool graphics and the interesting characters? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, particularly if you can find it for super cheap. But if you're looking for a fighting game that you're trying to get involved in, like the online community, uh, playing other people, I think you're probably going to be you'll you'll spend your time better with another with a different game than DNF Duel. Yeah like 20 bucks on steam right now so mm. there you go yeah yeah so and that's really all i've been up to so uh trader joe aka jabroni chief what you been playing bro um pretty much this last week it's been mainly diablo diablo 4 so i've been uh, still uh, progressing in my campaign with both my druid and with my barbarian on there getting my builds down on there um getting through the story content you know with my barbarian i'm just barely like passing act one on here and my um druid i'm basically trying to pick up the pieces from when i was doing multiplayer with des as far as which missions i need to do on there so i'm kind of just working my way through that you know i should kind of fast track at least with one of the characters because i find myself just being sidetracked with the you know, going around doing some side quests to um going to the next story beat and you know the like you know Des has stated the season one is coming up like in uh, four days so I want to be able to at least have the horse opened up and uh, I popped in Des's game and I got to see some of the end sequence but n- none of the plot lines or anything like that but uh, you know, it's probably was that the final final boss that we were fighting? No, not okay. at all. Got it. Okay, so I'm not really spoiled in that case, you know. So you were not. <clears throat> so I made it. I made it a. I made it a. a um, I made it a. Uh, I didn't want you to have to come in when I was doing. Um, when I was doing stuff, so I didn't. I, I made it a. A um, conscious effort not to bring you in, uh, for any of the any of the stuff that might have um, uh, spoiled anything for you. Um, yeah, I I beat the game with uh, Christian, you know. I oh, I know Christian. you did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I missed so. yeah, Christian, and he was like, you know, I said, hey, you wanna, you know, I'm waiting for you, and he's like, oh, cool. So he hopped on, and we beat the game together. So, so camaraderie. That was, the, that was the next day. So for the win. All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still plugging along though, still enjoying it. Um, you know, I think. Uh, I just got to be mindful if I'm tired, you know, I think one night I was playing with you and Christian and I literally woke up and you were gone and Christian was still online, but it's like no one was in my party and I didn't know what the heck happened. So usually that doesn't happen with me, you know, I'll nod off for a a second or two, you know, maybe 10, 15 seconds at the most, but never to where I wake up and realize, oh, what's going on, you know. I don't know if you could relate any of you two about no. that, but uh, yeah, I just got to be mindful if I'm tired not to play, you know, because sometimes, especially even though, you know, it's, it's you know, something to where um, 
it is action packed. That's it. At the same time, it's just a lot of triggering of the different, uh, you know, attack types and that kind of thing, and just layering your uh, attacks and so on and so forth. And sometimes it could get into like a kind of a rhythmic type of uh, uh, aspect of the gameplay on there. So especially if you're in a dungeon, you're just fighting waves after waves on there. So so sometimes you get caught up in the uh, the lull a bit, you know. So the minutia. You got it on there. So, yeah, I didn't fire up my Xbox and didn't go back to Division, even though I'm looking forward to, like, uh, maybe checking out XL Primal at some point. I want to at least get that thing downloaded and get some value out of my Xbox Games Pass on there. So we'll give that a shot while that community is, uh, you know, getting started at least to see if that game goes anywhere. And uh only other game I played, uh, it was kind of dis- discussed on this show and also with uh, listener Goonie uh, that he, he has kept asking me at work if I was uh, played Final Fantasy 16 yet. And so it's like it was constantly like, nah, or like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And on Friday, he basically said, yeah, I'll see it when I believe it kind of thing. So it's like, okay. And I said, don't Marty McFly me because I'm going to go and do it. And then guess what? I actually did it. So so I um, right before we recorded the show, like an hour, I pretty much fired the game up. And I am still in, tutu- in the tutorial, beginning intro sequence on there. So I got the, the uh, C. Clive, got to see the, you know, um, whole, like, um, summons on there that fire phoenix whatever the hell that was you know i still phoenix get, yes phoenix i uh, got to control that a bit you know it's just like uh playing that and uh you know it kind of at least the intro reminded me of the uh, whole traversal in monster hunter world at least at the beginning of monster hunter world where you know you just like kind of jump in and going back and forth as far as you know traversal through the um lands that are the war that's going on and then obviously went through the beginning tutorial doing a uh, flashback on there and that's where i'm at right now so i just uh did the like tutorial with clive as far as learning the basic controls and got to meet torgal and his father and so on and so forth and that's where i saved before i just hopped on here to record the show so so seems pretty cool i uh, got the basic gameplay down i can't wait to see uh, what else is going to kind of come forth on this game i think it'd be kind of cool for all three of us to play the game and at least a little hardcore and go back and forth with impressions on it so i'll definitely uh, make it a point to continue to play so yeah it's definitely worth it mm-hmm. buy games for a reason just have them put on your shelf so you know even though <laughs> i probably am way guilty of that more than you two combined but you know it yeah. is what it is it is what it is, like you said. It is what it is. You'll get, you'll, you'll do it. Other than that, that's pretty much all I've been up to this past week. So, okay, so that is going to move us into our next topic on our docket. That being the vessel line for this week's episode. So, Des, you got the mic, man. All righty. So for our vessel line, uh, we had a message from Wildy, who asked who asked a question of all of us. And and again, if 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 any of these questions uh, you want to answer, um, 
please, you know, go to our Discord and and add your answer as well. Um, and we can talk about them during our next Vessel line. And at the end of the show, as always, Kev will let you know how to do that. So he asks us, uh, what events in gaming have you deemed completely and utterly unacceptable? Let's throw some shade where it is the where it is deserved. And uh, he had another question is um, uh, he said a point of interest number two is uh, what is the best Diablo game right now? D4 is in the lead. So first we're going to talk, talk about the first one, uh, but but I'll I'll throw in a quick answer to the to the number two, and that's uh, D4. Um, I played two. I never played one. I played two and I played three, uh, but D4 is definitely um, definitely the best one right now for me. It just I think it really encapsulated everything that they were trying to do in in the Diablo franchise. Although, um. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I'm really excited to see where where the game goes after after beating it. But we can go back to that later. But, uh, but what what events in gaming have you deemed completely utterly unacceptable? Um, so I'm going to throw this out to Kev first because I'm sure there's certain things that you have found um, unacceptable in gaming. So. So I want I want I want I want you to I want you to answer this first because I know you got you got some you got some shade you know to you know uh, I I probably I probably do but you know like like outside of you know the the most the the big story that's in the front lines and in the headlines right now leaving that one off the table for now I gotta think. Um, Hmm, and ex- and a com- utterly unacceptable. Uh, I really can't think of. I'm sure I've something has happened that has ticked me off. Uh, uh, probably back when I was following g- the gaming industry, probably closer than I do now. Um, I will say this. I, I will, and I don't know if you it would qualify as an event, but I will just say a change in a series of games. Uh, I would say Street Fighter Four. Mm. Uh, Street Fighter. Well, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I can think of two games. Uh, Street Fighter Four, when they had the FA focus attack dash cancel implemented into the fighting system i hated that i mean aside from it nearly being virtually impossible for i guess i would call myself a fighting game layman at that point because by that by the time street fighter 4 had come out uh action games had surpassed fighting games as my favorite genre so i was playing more games like that than I was playing fighting games, but the focus attack dash cancel was the bane of my existence for the brief period of time that I had Street Fighter, uh, Super Street Fighter 4, well, Street Fighter 4, and for whatever dumbass reason, I went back and bought Super Street Fighter 4 again, thinking, you know, thinking maybe it would, maybe it would change or maybe I get better at it. No. But what it what it, it was required, me, not them. yeah, 
maybe it was me, not them. Uh, what it required you to do is to hold the medium, medium punch and kick buttons down. That would put your character into a, um, like they're charging up a move. Now, if you get hit while you're in that, you can tank some hits. And once you re either release that or the charge completes and your character will do their, their FACD move and it connects, whether your opponent is blocking or not, it puts, it puts them in, a, in what they call a crumpled state. So it's like, oh, I'm collapsing to the ground. So that sets up an opportunity for you to uh, follow up with a, with a high damaging combo. The problem was, is trying to work FACDC into a combo, I was giving myself carpal tunnel. It was the it it was one and people talk about Street Fighter three being the hardest technical game. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think it's Street Fighter four because trying to I mean like Ken and Ryu it was easier to do that stuff with because they're Shoto's you know and everybody knows how to do the Shoto characters. But even then, I couldn't get I couldn't get the FADC uh, working with either Ken or Ryu, and 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 Ken or Ryu have never been my favorite character since the uh, uh, post, say you know, well ever really since the, since Street Fighter. I always found uh, other characters, some of the less popular characters, uh, more enjoyable to play. But the FADC was absolutely horrid. And the other unacceptable, the unforgivable sin is Ninja Gaiden 3. Mm. And uh, my, my distaste, my disappointment, my displeasure for that game has been discussed on a couple different shows now. But suffice it to say, when it came out, I, and I saw the start seeing the reviews. I looked at where the reviews were coming from. They were coming from sites and publications that I think didn't give certain games a fair share. And I said, well, what do these guys know about Ninja Gaiden? They don't know anything about it. You know, these are the same people that thought God Hand was bad. And it's like, eh. I'm I'm going in with both feet. I bought the deluxe edition with the Ryu statue and the fighting the uh, what they call him the prophet or something like that. Mm. I I went in I went in with both feet into the deep end of the pool with that game. Bought it, brought it home, and I was just literally in shock. That that evening, that early evening that I started playing that game, I played and finished that game on the hardest available difficulty that night. And I kept telling myself, it's got to get better. It's it, 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 it can't be this 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 dog shit. It, it can't be this bad. But no, it was indeed that bad. I finished that game that same night. 
and I took it back to GameStop and I was like, man, you guys got to you got to you got to do something for me here. This this game is beyond terrible. No, you know, I just just take it back, you know. So I traded it back that same day somewhere in my garage is still the Ninja Gaiden um, statue deluxe uh, super we fooled you out your money edition. Mm. Uh, Kev, I know that I know that uh, probably uh, what you got some of that, don't you? You got some of those too, don't you, Joe? <laughs> so and then we uh, fooled you. Haha, uh, the one I think uh, that I've, I haven't played the game, so it's like uh, that Left Alive game, the one that had oh, the Metal Gear uh, art designer do the character designs, the Square yep. Enix, kind of the one that's kind of uh, in the Front Mission universe. Yeah, that game came out and it was hot, stinky garbage, and I paid two hundred bucks for the collector's edition. So, but hey, I still have it. So, sorry, dude. And I have the Steelbook, and it's super rare. So, and and I I guess if I can tack on real 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 quickly a third one because all this stuff is starting to come come to my mind, the piss poor way Square Enix handled the uh, Rathian edition of the PS of the PlayStation Four for Monster Hunter. I the red or was it no it was it was the. Capcom, yeah. What I, I said, Square Enix. I meant yeah. Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. I got my companies confused, but the, the 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 poor way they handled getting the Monster Hunter edition for the PS4 console. I really wanted to get that. I did but too. They they it's almost like they went out of their way to make that that thing uh, practically impossible to get a hold of. It wasn't Capcom's issue. It was Sony and them going with GameStop. GameStop. Yeah, the game with the GameStop. Yeah. GameStop dropped yeah. the ball like they always do. Always do, especially with Monster Hunter stuff. So. Yeah. So that that and I don't I wouldn't call that. Uh, I mean, it's unacceptable because I wasn't able to get a hold of the thing, but. <laughs> It's just something that that kind of ticked me off in gaming. So I guess those are my quick, my three. All right. Uh, and do you have a Diablo game that you think is uh, uh, the best Diablo game? You don't really play Diablo, do you? No, I only played three. Um, I will probably look at look at four when I can find it on a significant discount. Mm-hmm. But three just just put me to sleep. Uh, I'm all I'm doing is holding R two. And pressing face buttons, and I, I don't know if maybe there there's more to that series if you play it on PC. There maybe there's more interact interactivity that way. I'm not a mouse and keyboard player, so I'll probably never find out. So, so I I don't know. Um, yeah. It, I just wish I I wish I saw in the Diablo series what other people see. Because it seems to be very popular and very a lot of people love it. Uh, it, it, it just for whatever reason, just the mechanics did not seem to really translate effectively. They they translated well, but they didn't grab my attention as a primarily action game player mm-hmm. the way I hoped that they would. Yeah, no, totally understandable. Totally understandable. 
Um, all right. So, uh, Joe, uh, so what events in gaming have you deemed completely and utterly unacceptable? Uh, there's quite a bit, bit of things, actually. I'm so, sure there is, buddy. <laughs> yes. And Will kind of mentioned, in fact, he gave an example of, uh, um, he gave an example on the Discord of, like, um, Sony coming in agreement with Nintendo for the uh, the SNES um, CD drive and then pulling out on there. So you talked about that. But, yeah, you know, I was thinking as far as what I events, I would have to say a number of different things. Like Atari Jaguar, for one. I mean, a, a console, a steamy piece of you-know-what, and I kind of got wrapped up in the hype around the time about that console. I traded a bunch of games in the BRE software, which is a local software shop here in the Fresno area at the time, to buy an Atari Jaguar. And, you know, what games did I play on the Atari Jaguar? Aliens vs. Predator? Trash. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tempest... 2000 tempest 2000 was good that's probably the only game that was decent they had a decent version of doom but other than that paying like hundreds of dollars for this piece of garbage it was just like enough is enough uh one thing i another controversy and i'm surprised you didn't mention it kev Mm. the red ring of death red ring of death yeah, the whole thing that uh, basically Microsoft, uh, you know, they did make amends. They made the Xbox 360 slim and whatnot, but, you know, it's just like that system was eventually going to fail. I had a red ring, you know, you had numerous red rings. I forgot, mm-hmm. Des, if you had one at all. I never had one. I was mm. one of the lucky ones. I never had one. Yeah. To me, anything so... to deal with hardware and, you know, that kind of thing it's just uh yeah you gotta make make sure your shit works you know god forbid on there and um also to just a lot of the back and forth you know uh we talked about this on the show quite a bit but the kind of boondoggles that um companies put up on stage you know and we could kind of talk about the xbox one remember the launch of xbox one with tv 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 uh we could talk about the the you know beginning the like 2006 ps3 launch like e3 extravaganza with all the bullshit like motor storm and kill zone mm-hmm. <laughs> trailers you know mm-hmm. and just all these cg trailers up the yay yay you know even talking about like microsoft and the connect and milo and all sort of bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know so i'm glad the industry's kind of gotten away from that because it just seems like you know we just had to deal with a lot of like you know i think at the time we we're just even watching those conferences like going enough the F would even care about like you know messing with the connect you know uh, we music you know so it's just like <laughs> I'm just so grateful that yeah I think in a way even though this industry's kind of ev- ev- has evolved that we don't kind of see those like kind of uh, um, boondoggle type moments as much anymore on there you know and uh you know as far as unacceptable you know it's just i think activision you know we're talking about activision and, and their acquisition we'll talk about that in news but you know you see i kind of deem that company kind of 
unacceptable because of the fact that, you know, they just took like games and they ran them into the ground. Guitar Hero, Skylanders, you, know, you name it. You know, it's just like uh, uh, just a lot of things. So, but yeah, I'm trying to throw shade as much shade as, as uh, Will D wants me to throw shade. So that's my that's my shade. Oh, no, totally understandable. You know, yeah. you got you you start feeling it and you're just kind of like too much shade, too much shade. I got to stop. I got to stop. So, um, uh, and uh, what was your uh, best Diablo game? Um, uh, just because of Regency did bias, I'd say Diablo 4 right now. I played quite a bit of 3. I liked the 3 a lot. You know, I didn't run seasons on 3, though. You know, I played the game, beat it a couple times on there. Oh, I know we enjoyed it quite a bit. I, pl- I only played a little bit of Diablo 2. Uh, we played the, con- the remastered version on console bit for a little bit and uh, never played one on PC, so I think I've talked about it on the show because... Really and truly, Diablo is a PC-oriented game, Diablo 1 and 2, and it's like a lot of mouse clicking. You're just sitting there, just click, 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 click with the mouse, basically. So, doing a lot of key bindings. So, so a lot of people, that is Diablo in, in essence. But for me, uh, us console plebs over here, yeah, it's all about <laughs> moving it around with a controller. So, No, totally understand. Um, I... Yeah, for me, again, like I said before, it's D4. All the way, baby! <laughs> um, uh, but as far as an event that I completely, utterly, uh, was utterly unacceptable, I would say, um, I, I, and I've been thinking about this, but I think what's unacceptable is for Sega to to leave the um, the making consoles. I, 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 I understand why they did it, but... I really wish that they had stuck it out um, and had some forethought because I think that with what Kevin was saying about having someone else, another contender to come up and fight, uh, I think Sega would have been a really good one had they just stuck in or uh, did something um because that is with the release of the dolphin and then not having it come out and just saying we're done i was just kind of like no no i i i I don't know i i was just really sad and i know that they did a whole bunch of you know stuff that really kind of shot them in the foot but i really just wish that they had stayed in in the console uh arena and and probably people were thinking like, you know, no, 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 no. It was they did the right thing by leaving because because now they were able to to um you know to continue to make games and all this other stuff and 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 I get that I really do but I just I really wanted them so much to stay um, but that's just myself being um uh, being sort of like you know I want you know as a I guess as a a um what we called a sega stand you know i guess that's just me not being realistic about about them staying in in the console market you yeah. know uh, because i really would have liked to i mean i would have supported them i don't know i don't know if anyone else would have but but i know i would have um so that was one thing that i felt was just like you know you know i don't was it utterly unacceptable at the time, probably not, but, you know, I mean, nowadays, no, but at the time, yes, because I, I think they had a lot of people's hopes up 
that just didn't weren't able to 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 be there because of because of what happened but but again you know you can always go back and play uh what you want so so it's not really a big deal so to speak Um, if 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 i can add one more uh shade for for the shades part of this discussion the intellivision amico i was really that is that is unacceptable um Mm. And it's unacceptable on multiple levels. I I think for me personally, the Intellivision literally is where my my gaming hobby started. And my love for video games actually started with the Intel with the Intellivision console. It, it, it was you know, my interest was peaked playing my friends, you know, VCS, but it really grabbed the hobby really grabbed a hold of me uh in the intellivision era and the idea of an of an intellivision console being reintroduced with reimagined classic intellivision games that is something that really hits me in my in my retro gaming you know memory you know in in my you know, gamer elbow, if for lack of a better term. And that is a project that really, really, really could have could have taken off. But I don't know what it is about retro retro gaming YouTubers, influencers, what or what the level of cap that I saw. Hmm. I mean, when it was painfully obvious, even to someone like myself, who was a who was a supporter uh, on the uh, the, who was on the pre-order, when I started seeing there, when when and I I I I got my money back when they went to one of these uh, functions that they themselves threw it was just after e3 the, the e3 that they announced you know hey we're bringing in television back and they had a little other side thing and it was revealed that they had what they called an active console that was nothing more than an empty shell just an empty shell there was there was literally nothing in it and that they were they had these other ones that were running off of uh basically the equivalent of of raspberry pies in them not the actual chipset that's going to be inside the console and i was like okay you guys you got you guys are just grifting you know this no and i didn't want to believe it but it's like when the facts are just starting to come in repeatedly 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 and yet they're still asking for people to invest and YouTubers were active. Oh, wow. I met with Tommy Tallarico and he let me take took me for a ride in this Ferrari. And oh, we had a great day. And he's totally behind the Amico, you know, and it's like, no, this dude is doing his his video game, booking his next video games live tour 
well before the quote unquote launch of the system. It's like, yeah. well, would you want the CEO to be kind of boots on the ground for when this thing supposedly comes out? Nah, he was he was ready. <laughs> He's like, uh uh-uh. uh. I, I, I'm I'm out. I, I've got a, I've got concerts to book. So. Mm. Bad. That was just so bad. It was just so bad. And there are people, even right now, um, they're on Reddit. From what I've heard, uh, they're on other message boards that are that are message boards that are retro uh, focused that are still saying that the Amico is going to come out, that they claim to be getting updates. They've talked to this person, that person. Um, I can't wait. There's this podcast called The Intellivisionaries. Um, I cannot wait for the, because they've, they've more or less already said in uh, kind of coded language in prior episodes that when the... Um, uh, what is it that where you can't talk about something oh, until NDA. yeah when the NDAs are expired, they've got some stories to tell because one of them was on the Amico staff and left fairly early in the process. <laughs> so I can't. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to hear what those guys have to say. Uh, about about it. there is definitely a book that somebody is going to write and when that person writes it I'll be the first in line to buy it because <laughs> that, no that I, I totally agree with you ridiculous totally agree right. with you 100 percent yeah so uh yeah so so for, again for me I think it was just you know Sega I think that was kind of unacceptable I really wish they would have stayed. Uh, and another thing that's kind of un- that was I don't want to say it's an event, but so I don't know. I think I think that's that's kind of the the main one was just that for me it's just like Sega. But if you're thinking about a specific event that's coming completely unacceptable, I mean I can't really think of anything else um, that really kind of pops into my head without you know throwing too much shade. Um, yeah, but. But thank you for the question, Will D. And if you have any other questions, or if any of our listeners have any questions, please feel free to join our Discord and ask us. Uh, we'll definitely, um, you know, take the time, answer the question, and and really kind of give it, you know, uh, one four. And if you want to answer the question, like I said, join the Discord. And at the end of the show, Kevin will let you know how to do that. So uh, the next episode, episode two sixteen, will be our main event. And the question for that main event came from Will D. So Will D's been a very, you know, long-term listener, uh, active participant, and we really appreciate it. So um, his question is, uh, let's move on to a hard question. Which company is more important to the history of gaming? Atari, Sega, Nintendo, NEC, Sony, Microsoft? There's, there is only one right answer. And fight. <laughs> so um so let us know your thoughts and we'll definitely discuss it on episode 216 and i want to put a caveat um you can say we let's have our opinion about who we think you know is the most important in gaming history and then who do you think which company do you think they believe that they are the most important 
because I know some people out, some companies out there think that they're the most important. <clears throat> Phil Spencer, Microsoft, but you know they think that they're the most <laughs> important because they're the one that's for the people. So, so uh, yeah, everyone so, plays on every device. Kumbaya. So, uh, so let's see, Kumbaya. you know, the one that that we think money. is the most important, and the one and the company <laughs> thinks they are the most important. I think that would be a very interesting conversation because I really believe that there is some kind of a disconnect between. You know, corporations and and people who uh, who are the consumer. So I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation. So, but you know what follows the vessel line in the main event? It's the Jabroni Gaming News. All right, thank you, Des. You're welcome, sir. All right, good deal. So yeah, first topic on deck for the uh, jabroni gaming news is just kind of putting a bow and kind of tying up all the ftc activision microsoft merger business so um, they have come back and the judge has ruled that uh, there is going to be no um, blocking of the act microsoft activision blizzard merger on there so it came down ftc of course uh throughout an appeal um the motion to have the appeal for a preliminary injunction was denied on there so so basically uh they are um gotten pretty much the uh two thumbs up at least on the us side i know ftc still uh, could come back at a later point, but uh, they cannot prevent the merger from occurring on there. So the appeal block from the FTC was denied. And of course, today, you know, just inadvertently on Twitter, uh, Phil Spencer tweeted out that uh, basically that they have come to a preliminary agreement with PlayStation, they have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And Phil commented, we look forward to a future where players globally have more choice to play their favorite games. So, so, and they have come back, uh, you know, and reiterated that uh, this is going to be a 10-year agreement uh, with that. And uh, no other Activision IP is involved. It's just Call of Duty and Call of Duty only. I know from the factoids that came out prior that um, Act- Microsoft was offering PlayStation that all Activision games, all Blizzard games will come out for uh, the PlayStation on there. So they were promising it in the past like all activision content but now it is only call of duty that has come to this agreement and so uh there's a lot of like uh, kerfuffle on the interwebs today of course a lot of uh, xbox uh, fanboys kind of going at it on there at least a little bit you know um I was watching the Iron Lords podcast a little bit today uh, they had like you know basically that the Jim Ryan bent the knee to fill you know these wonderful hot takes you know i've also seen some like snippets of other xbox podcasts that were actually recording live while the ftc merger block was announced and you can hear the other joy in their voices knowing that they got the quote unquote win in this situation so and to me it's like uh, at least I'll kick it over to you guys in a minute, but what kind of win are you getting? You're just buying a, a, a 
game franchise and a company that the games are already on your platform. And so um, there was a lot of uh, back and forth, of course, with the wish list of Activision IP that they want to come to Xbox. And they talked about, of course, Phil's wearing, you know, Hexen t-shirts and, you know, they're all looking at what's in Phil's office and what t-shirt will... <laughs> Bill is wearing and they want to get some hints and so on and so forth and all that crap. And so we'll have to see, you know, and obviously they, they were also making a lot of comments today. It's like all the PlayStation gamers are notably silent about this. And it's because even though I wouldn't deem myself a PlayStation gamer, I do consider PlayStation the, the place I prefer to play, but you think I, I'm crying in my boots about uh, you know them obtaining like you know Call of Duty and Blizzard? I mean, I guess if Diablo became like console exclusive in the future, would that affect me per se? I would probably just play it on an Xbox, you know, for me at least. But uh, then of course you know just listening uh, listening to Iron Lords earlier today they started talking about oh, what's what's the next company that Microsoft's thinking about and they're like you know having these like power fantasies about that Microsoft buying Take 2 <laughs> for some freaking reason and talking about like you know oh they're like trying trying like uh some, like you know if you see that gift from uh from that particular show um uh, where you know it just put on that aluminum foil on the hat because it's like, you know, it's like you're not thinking about games. You're thinking about companies. And it's like, I'm not in the company business. I don't care. You know, it's like playing Monopoly or something. It's like, I don't care where on the board uh, consolidation is going to occur. You know, if this results in better games for the Xbox platform, I'm all for it. You know, I want to, I want to see the deets. I want to see, the momentum from all these acquisitions if need be and if microsoft can do something above and beyond what activision was act actually doing you know um we were basically there like 80 percent call of duty maybe with a, like a crash and spyro game on the side you know maybe a tony hawk game here or there you know they, they haven't really been that creative as of late so so I'm just kind of grateful that this whole thing is done and over with, you know. And the Iron Lords were commenting like about the J Dub, and they said he's like crawling under the refrigerator like the other roaches, basically. <laughs> they're talking wow. about him. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that serious. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're all. I mean, no, us. I'm. Hey, I'm happy for him. You know, if, if this, if you, you happy, you know, great. You know, my I say hope springs eternal, my friends. So if you believe that St. Phil's, you know, coming, bringing chickens home to roost, fine, have fun, you know, uh, but, but let's see how you're feeling in about two years. Uh, <laughs> and then you know. the games are out, you know, yeah. and uh, they're still, still kind of, you get an update, you know, to, to other game, to another game. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, this to me doesn't scream this to me doesn't that whole acquisition that whole thing to me does not scream innovation it screams to me um uh sustainability you know they're trying to buy stuff that has a lot of user bases that where they can sustain themselves better you know and and, and to make quote unquote their 
their gaming service, no, just to make their gaming service, quote unquote, just to make their gaming service better. There's, you know, all that stuff is going to go on the service, but you're going to see a whole bunch of old games go on the service because they're all about trying to give as much value as possible to Games Pass. That's that's their golden cow right now, and that's where it's going to be. So this whole thing about them bringing out new games, that's not on the menu, folks. I'm sorry. You know, you'll be happy if you get one new game from any of these any of these studios, you know, uh, maybe two, you know, per year. And the rest is just going to be updates to live service games. You know, that's, that's, for me, that's what I see. Now, I'm not, you know, Desmodamus or anything like that, but, but that's, that's what I see happening. And this is just another way for them to, you know, because I think that they're playing the long game, you know, and if they can build up this service and be the only service worth of buying, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to win in the long run. You know, I don't I think that's what they're banking on. I don't know if that's going to happen because no one can see the future. But, you know, I, I, I hope it. I hope these chickens start, you know, laying eggs or something and they're not rotten. That's the one thing that I hope. Because right now, I'm, I don't know. I really do not know. So, but that's what I have to say about this. I mean, and I'm not surprised that it came that it came came to pass. I'm not surprised at all. I was, I would be, you know, remiss if it didn't happen. You know, so um, that's why I'm kind of like, well, cool. You know, hopefully now we'll get some we'll get some stuff and it'll be great. I, I doubt it, but. Hey, Hope Springs Eternal, like I said before. So, I know a lot of people were saying, okay, what's Toys for Bob going to do now? You know, they want to see new games from Toys from Bob and talk about Raven. And Raven really hasn't existed as an, an actual going, growing, uh, going concern. They've been just supporting Call of Duty for numerous years. So, yeah, I mean, like Raven, all these see, and all these people, all these people that are saying that are people that have been that have been gamers for years. Ain't nobody know what half that shit is. You know, they don't know what that is. You know, all these, you know, early 2000, you know, late 90s games that you have fond memories, they're not coming back, folks. If anything, they might throw them on the service and that you can play them there, but they're not coming back. Like, the, the hope is that Phil, you know, will will resurrect. Like, he'll, he'll cast a mass resurrection spell and all these old games are going to come back. Cast the Phoenix down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, Final Fantasy, you can't have that. Sorry. Got to pick something else. You know, they don't like Japanese games there. No, we'll be a Phoenix down. You know, but yeah. that's what I think that's what folks are hoping for. And it and, and it's all this kind of like nostalgia, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I don't think all of these games are going to happen. They're just not. I mean, if they can't even manage their, you know, stable IPs, they're, they're like, you know, they're big ponies, they're Halos and Gears and, you know, looking at what's going on at least the last few years since Bungie left Microsoft and, you know, 343 and all that, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and I, I haven't really played Gears all that much, but I know, Kev, you don't really hold Gears 4 and 5 in the same, you know, pedestal as Gears 1 through 3, so, you know. No, Gears 4 and 5, well, five, 4 was not, I didn't like it very much. Gears 5 was trash story-wide and i'm going only by the story because i don't play the multiplayer never did play the multiplayer in the gears games but just a significant drop in story 
for four and five compared to the first three. Yeah. So. Prim- yeah, primarily because the new crew that they came up with is just so unlikable. Like mm-hmm. everybody in that group is just so unlikable. Uh, I, I I don't understand it, but you know the the FTC and I and you. I'm I'm confused. I'm really kind of confused at the FTC. I haven't really been following it. I've just been picking up on kind of headlines and things people have posted, legal documents that have posted on my Twitter timeline and just kind of gleamed this and that off it since this whole process began. I've got more important things to do, particularly mm-hmm. with my free time, than to uh, stay plugged into uh uh, legal legal hearings that really in the long in the long term do not affect me at all. But I question a few a couple of things. Number one, the fact that the FTC did not require that a new judge hear this case when it was revealed from day one that this judge had a child work that worked for Microsoft. Now, does he work in Microsoft gaming? Does he answer to Phil Spencer? Probably not. But the fact that you're not supposed to have even a, a just the uh, possibility or the of, of compromise, that, that judge should have reclused herself from this hearing simply because of that you know i'm in i'm in i'm in the courthouse five days a week and i see judges reclusing themselves for less critical things than having a child working directly for one of the parties in a in a legal case does not make sense so i don't know if i don't know if they had some some intern <laughs> you know look at that as, hey you know I've heard people say, well, the FTC wanted to trust the system. And it's like, okay, they trust the system and look where that look 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 where that got you, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was bad bad mojo on their part. Um the actual merger does not make sense to me. Um outside of something, and I've heard a couple of different I had been trying to put these pieces together in my own mind and I've heard some other uh, content creators and podcasters kind of throw throw in some pieces that kind of fit in my uh, what I will admit it admittedly call uh, a tinfoil hat theory uh, but it makes sense um, because the facts are still the facts the I you spend 70 billion dollars on a publisher that is already giving you games. That does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Now they 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 claim now they they said well PlayStation had these deals with with Bethesda for Starfield and for um, that other game that they came out with with the the bounty hunters on that island that you had to. to time loop or something loop something 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 like that death loop was it death loop yeah death loop thank you um the playstation methodology is nothing more than the fully realized xbox methodology 
that they used during the 360 era. It's the same thing. What did Xbox go and do? They went to Activision and got that third-party deal. Hey, maps launch first for Call of Duty on Xbox 360. Skins launch first on Call of Duty for Xbox 360. Uh, Maps, uh, weapons are not available on other platforms until later, but they launch first on Xbox 360. It's the same playbook that Microsoft was running. And nobody, and I say nobody, I just say myself, I didn't have a problem with it because that's that. those are the kind of moves that you make to make your platform seem more uh, desirable in a given marketplace, right? That That is what they did. That is what Microsoft did. And now PlayStation picked up the playbook, made a few adjustments by getting their first party ducks in a row to a level where the majority of gamers, I would say, could come up with several PlayStation exclusives that they would consider can't-miss games over the past two generations, right? From PlayStation 3, where the, 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 the poop hit the fan for Sony, to PlayStation 4, which got them out of the rut financially that the PS3 put them in, and now into PlayStation 5, where we're seeing the fruits of all that work that started two generations ago come to fruition with with, with regards to their first party and the, th- the, the, the moves that they're making there. And they've just picked up Xbox's playbook and started running with it. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, you mean they're getting they're getting deals with Bethesda? No, we got to buy it. No, they're getting deals with, with, with Call of Duty. We had Call of Duty on lock. What happened? Well, what happened is that you started you started uh, disrespect well neglecting what Xbox used to mean. Xbox was a gaming console. You left that and it came out of Phil Spencer's own mouth when he said that they lost a generation that they couldn't afford to lose, that being the Xbox One generation, the Xbox One PS4 generation, where all these decisions for digital libraries were made. And the problem that I see is that, and, and I think, Joe, you mentioned it, you know, like with the Iron Lords, what's next? It's never... It, I mean, the the you know, it's one thing for the power fantasies of what they've already acquired, but the next question is always what's next. And with this acquisition, has revealed is that nothing is off the table. No, nope. and I don't like that as a future for gaming. I, I I really don't. There's no reason for Activision to have been acquired by either Microsoft or or PlayStation or Nintendo or whomever. There is no reason for that to have had to take place. If you want to compete in the console space, then you compete in the console space. You don't pick up a whole-ass publisher and then say, okay, we're taking... All the we we have the right to take all these games that this publisher has put out that have been traditionally multiplayer. We can take them off, take take it off the market for you 
because we've gone and we've gone out and we've purchased the resource. It's not fair. It's not right from a from a from a comp from a competing uh, perspective, in my opinion. And I mean, I got, you know, shout out to King Thrash and Mr. No Cap who are putting the pieces uh, together for me in their own uh, podcast for what I've been thinking already. The long term is that Microsoft is going to is wants to do a scorched earth, scorched earth on the console market. They want and it was in the freaking emails from Matt Booty. We are going to spin uh, Sony out of the console business. How do you do that? You do that by buying up the resources. What are the resources? These big publishers. Activision is is the latest. Don't think for a minute that uh, Ubisoft is not uh, is not on the in the playbook. Don't think for a minute that EA is not on the playbook. Don't think for a minute that Take Two wouldn't be wouldn't be wouldn't isn't on the playbook. Why? Because Microsoft wants to get everything not on Xbox onto Game Pass. If you freeze your competition out of access to third party content, then that your competition is at a substantial disadvantage. Once that disadvantage has been realized, your competition is either going to have to like, I don't know, quadruple, quintuple (laughs) production from a first party perspective and produce as many games as these third party uh, companies combined or they're going to have to go out because there's not going to be enough to there's not going to be enough draw to get people to go and and get that console so what happens in a world what happens to a gaming world or console world rather that playstations run out of business simple microsoft then kills the xbox as a console and has everything on game pass has everything playable through the cloud they'll probably say yeah we'll we'll support your your console for for manufacturing for uh for for you know to fix it and things go wrong but if you're looking for hardware that is going to push uh gaming forward in any real in any real way you're not going to get it how do i know that's true we just found out that the series s is the next gen console for microsoft the series x was supposed to be the mid-gen refresh they're not going to do a mid-gen this generation they they they're the series x is it and when you look at the difference between the xbox one and this and the series consoles particularly when you look at the controller there's no freaking difference they they didn't it's like they didn't even bother to try and improve what the quote-unquote gaming industry already considers to be the 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 creme de la creme of 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 controllers didn't even bother to do anything to 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 improve it i mean they added a share button okay wonderful what what else did you do they really didn't do anything else they've 
they have they're content to spend their opponents out of business. And Satya Nadella unlocked the keys to the kingdom by giving them access to the Microsoft funds. And I I think that's just that is just a crappy way to go. We can't compete, so we're going to start buying the resources because we make so much money and these non-gaming, well, I don't know, it, it's things are changing now. You can't really say that uh, server farms and uh, and Windows and and all this other stuff is not gaming related. It's all gaming related at a certain level, but because we can't compete on the on the console gaming space, say, we're just going to take resources off the field and lock them down and keep competitors and and keep competitors from from being able to play because we're we're a company that has an above trillion dollar market cap and y'all ain't got that kind of bread. It's not right. I I think it's a crappy way to do business. Um, you know, but the question for the bots is is never what are we going to get? What are we going to demand now that this has gone through? It's who's next. Mm. Who who at what other company is going to be putting games on a service that I don't I no longer have to spend money on to buy, even though the price of Game Pass is going to go up in proportion to every other major acquisition that they get. That's not that's I'm I'm not having to spend seventy dollars on a game anymore. I can I get to just sit back and uh and 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 get my section eight gaming on you know it, it i i th- this hobby i i tell you man i do not understand how this hobby has gotten to the point where people expect to get everything for nothing i don't, I don't know I've either never, yeah. uh, i've I was never a- heard that in any other hobby but yeah go ahead uh, I was on a, another podcast, and I'm not going to say which podcast, but uh, the, one of the hosts on that podcast said basically they wish they could get, you know, uh, Last of Us. They want to play Spider-Man. They want to play like some of the Sony exclusives, but they don't want to have to go out and purchase a PlayStation and, and buy the games individually. They want it to come on a service like on Games Pass. So. So. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You don't hear fishermen who are really into their hobby claiming, "Man, I really want to. I'm I'm getting ready to head out to you know the the uh, Bass Lake this weekend. Man, I'm really looking forward. To, I was really looking forward to trying out this new rod and reel I got, but I don't really want to spend no money. I don't want to get this reel. I don't want to get hmm. this rod." Because you know, I, I I I got I got fish pass now, and I can get I can get this cheap ass rod and reel for next to nothing, and still go out and enjoy my hobby. It's like, well, well, how are you going to get those big those big bass fish? It, well, the last time you took that thing out, it, it broke your rod. Ah, well, you know, game pass, your know, fish pass will send me another one. It's part of the service. You don't hear that in any other hobby. But now in modern day gaming, we and I and you got to put the blame where it is, is Microsoft like Pavlovian dogs have have 
trained their folks to expect the world for nothing. And then when they get nothing, when they get trash ass games like like Red like Redfield or Redfall, rather, pardon my pardon my, my faux pas. Redfield. Uh, <laughs> Starfall. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. When they get these trash ass games, the, the 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 response is never, I feel jipped. Why didn't I get a why didn't I get a quality experience? It's always Oh, well, you got to see you got to find the fun in it. And the real fun is playing with your friends and da, 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 and catching up with your friends. It's like you can do that on a phone call. You can do that on a Skype chat. You can do that on a Zoom session. You're supposed to be playing games to enjoy the game. To enjoy what you what what you what you have access to, what you purchase. But all this other stuff that you're saying is so freaking fun it's not really the game, but you 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 can pass it off and say, well, just well, I got it on Game Pass, so that makes it. It's not like I had to pay for it. I mean, you did, but you don't see it that way because it's part of your service. Yeah, uh, I kind of equate it a little bit to like talking to someone, like you know, I went out and you had to go buy a steak off the menu. I got steak as part of the buffet, but <laughs> you look at the buffet and it's like, basically you got, you got that like dried ass, a well done, like, you know, steak that's, at the end of the buffet line, that kind of that's thing. That's exactly so, what it is. That That is exactly what it is. It's like the that, hometown that's exactly buffet what of gaming, you know, and it's just, I rather order from a menu. I rather curate my own meal to be able to say, okay, I, I want an RPG. Guess what? I get to go out and buy a game. I get to go in and purchase said game. You know, I, I own the game. You know, I play it on my console, you know, where, you know, if I'm going to be relying on a service 24-7, I basically have to just play what's available to me, and that's it. You know, if, if I'm tired of eating fish, guess what? All these indie titles, you know, whatever Microsoft's serving me, I'm going to have to keep eating it, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. And, and you ain't getting these classics. You ain't get River Raid ain't coming back. Uh, 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 what's that one game that I that I, a prototype Pitfall. prototype ain't coming back. Pitfall ain't coming back. None of these games that that folks have this fondness for. Maybe like you were saying, Joe, outside of the occasional crash or uh, uh, Spyro, Spyro. Yeah. they are not coming back. You are getting Call of Duty. You are getting whatever King, whatever, you know, Candy Crush, whatever variant of that for the mobile space. You ain't getting all these classic games that you remin that you reminiscing. Be why? Because if Microsoft couldn't give you Banjo-Kazooie, which was their own freaking IP, they gave that to, to Nintendo to put in Smash Brothers. They, they would, they... They gave it uh, a character, an iconic Xbox character, mascot. They gave it to Nintendo before they gave it to y'all. Let that sink in for a bit. And you think that they're going to turn around and make Activision start doing all these most requested revisited games from their library? It's not going to happen. Yeah, I went to the Wikipedia page for Activision, and this, these are the 2000 uh, series from Activision. X-Men, Spider-Man, <laughs> True Crime, Shrek, 
Madagascar, Guitar Hero, James Bond, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, Little League World Series Baseball, um, Skylanders, SpongeBob SquarePants, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, NASCAR the Game, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) outside of like some, uh, you know, a game here or there, you know, Gun, you know, they talked about Singularity. Um, you know, they did publish, uh, like some of the Wolfenstein games before they went back to, um, Bethesda, uh, blur from, you know, bizarre creations, which they basically disbanded bizarre creations after they bought them out. I mean, so it's just, okay. What are you, what are you getting from this? I don't Nothing. see. And to me, this doesn't scream $70 billion, but you know, you gotta look at the King games, but it's like, you know, it, how, I have to go back and like take a look. Okay, what classic Activision games are really going? To, I mean, you know, like Hexen. Yeah, Hexen might be cool, you know. But Phil has been wearing that Hexen shirt before. Yeah. And it hasn't happened. Yeah. It ain't happening now. It, 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 you know, and I get you know you can ask yourself, well, what 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 what's uh how does PlayStation move in this? era where this massive shift has changed in the industry well now they got to start playing a similar game they can't they can't go dollar for dollar with microsoft but they have to start locking down access to games particularly those that have been associated with the playstation brand and the thing that sucks is the fact that this has to be done to begin with, you're not building relationships with third party developers and saying, OK, hey, what does your what does your development cycle look like for the next two years, the next three years? Hey, well, we've got this idea. This is where we're at with this game. Hey, you know, I like that. Let me lock down some ex- some exclusive content aspect. The game itself onto my platform how much is that going to cost hey it's going to cost this x y and z okay let's do it when microsoft said that you know they couldn't they couldn't uh get those same deals because playstation had too bad too big of a market share of a market base whose fault was that which one of these companies went a whole freaking year without releasing anything? Like, like nothing. And literally just sat back and let third party carry, carry the weight. It was Microsoft. It was Xbox that did that. And well, it was hard for us to, how are we supposed to compete with it? You do that the same way that Sony did. You start putting out games that are can't miss, that make your console desirable, that make your console a wanted product in the market. That's how you rebuild that market share, and that's how then you can go into these boardrooms and say, hey, well, you know, we got our 105 million uh, user base now. Let, let's try and start getting some of those deals that you've been, get, that you've been given to, to PlayStation." Then these companies will start talking to you and start making deals with you like it like they did 
in the Xbox 360 era when y'all were out selling the PlayStation 2, if not three to one in some regions. It'll yeah. be interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, Sony, in my next news story, since we're going to talk about what they are going to do in response to all this, uh, Sony has reportedly planning to increase its research and development spending in its gaming business for about 10% this uh, financial year coming up. So this will represent about 40% of the group's total R&D spending for the period on there. It's going to total about $2.17 billion. So the increased R&D spending at PlayStation is being used to help drive the company's push into live service games. Sony reiterated in May that's planning to have 12 live service games in its market in its fiscal year ending March 2026, up from three during its last business year ended this March on here. Live service games will account for 55% of the PS5 development budget during its current business year, rising to 60% in the fiscal year ending in March 2026. Sony expects the market for add-on content associated with live service games to reach $19.2 billion in calendar year 2026, compared to $7.4 billion for full digital game sales and $12 billion for subscriptions. So they are going in whole hog, trying to sell you add-on content for live service games. They are wanting $19.2 billion in their fiscal year, calendar year 2026. And they're probably going to get it. So, we'll have to see. Uh, they commented because their purchase of Bungie uh, was basically used to enhance its live service ca- capacities, capabilities, and help it become more multi-platform. Uh, PlayStation Studios boss Herman Holst said in May that Bungie was helping to vet all of Sony's in-development live service games. So, they are... Using Bungie as a resource on there and to look at their portfolio on there. And uh, they have 12 live service games they have currently in production at the moment. So, yeah, well, if if Bath Bomb is is what is that's not even that's Square Enix. That's Square Enix. okay. but if we're getting stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I hope that Bungie is on their A game. I mean, and again, this is just the equivalent of poor people playing the lottery. This these service these service games, because 98% of these things are going to flop, or they may they may catch heat for for a season and then fall off complete fall off completely off 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 the radar. But if you get that one that has legs that people are just seemingly addicted to, then you got yourself a cash cow that will make you tons of money from now till doomsday. And that's why not just PlayStation, but all these companies are running around trying to invest in these in these uh, uh, active live active service nonsense. Uh, You know, it's. I'm hoping for the best. I hope there's some good games to play, but at the same time, it's just like say if I, I replaced the the word Sony with Microsoft or with uh, you know Capcom or a name name a company, and I I just expect just about the same. But you know Sony is a you know a platform holder, and it just seems like. Uh, 
I don't know. I just wish and I hope there's some meat behind this, but at the same time, I don't want to play live service games all the time. I do enjoy multiplayer games. I like games like Monster Hunter, of course. It's like, you know, Diablo. You know, I like games I could play with other people, but I always still want to be have some substance to it. I don't want it to be all just nothing to where it's free to play and I'm just buying a bunch of content as far as skins and that kind of crap, you know, so. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's one of the things that we kind of need to think about when we're when we're when we're buying this stuff because the only reason why they're doing it is because it it makes money you know people buy they buy this stuff you know and it's 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 kind of sad but that's 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 what happens (laughs) well i mean and it's just a handful of these games that actually make money yeah. In comparison to the number that are released, but going in like it, it, it's that's what they're they're hoping for that lightning striking that bottle, you know at least one of them get catching on, and if it does it not it, it has the potential to not only recoup the R and D spent in all the ones that failed up to that point, but also to make them tons of money going forward that they can then invest in other areas. And I, you know, again, I hate seeing I hate seeing Sony going down that road. But like all businesses, all businesses like money, <laughs> you know. And if mm-hmm. they think they can get it doing this crap, which you know is is probably not going to entice me. But if they can get you know get these these get 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 the Fortnite crowd in there. And start getting get, getting to get them to to steal mommy and daddy's credit cards like they do for Fortnite, and that just means that they're they're just making all all the more all the more profit, which is what it's all about, you know. I just don't like the idea of a it's like 12, 12 live service games, and I'm thinking that is oh, just that just sounds like a whole. A, a barrel full of trash to me <laughs> it does you know maybe i'll be proven wrong by at least one of them but just off rip it just sounds like 12 games that i'll never spend any time playing just so many Ugh. yeah we'll see i mean i know there's a new twisted metal in development too and that's being done by a uk studio on there and you know we've heard about jade raymond's game that got announced i <laughs> Totally forgot the name of off the top of my head, even though we talked about it uh, when it was on part of the PlayStation Showcase on there. Um, The other game that's named after Desmond's hometown, it's Conquered. I have no idea what the fuck it is. (laughs) Well, we have no idea what that's going to be about. Yeah, I don't know. So it's just like, I I love the fact these live service games don't give me a damn logo and some fuzzy ass graphics coming soon. Conquered. Mm -hmm. Because like, I'm supposed to know what that is. <laughs> I have no freaking clue. Yeah, give me some meat. Give me some meat. So, all right. Well, we'll have to see what happens with that. You know, we're kind of, I'm hoping for the best, but, you know, maybe maybe there will be another platform for me to play on besides PlayStation as my my main go-to. Who knows? You know, maybe Xbox will be the my main driver. Who knows? You know, you never know. I'm seeing a polymega in my future at some point. I I really am. I, I it's like I'm curious enough to hold on to this Series X until Starfield drops, 
because I I just want to see what it what that's going to be. And if it's something good, then I'll just go ahead and buy and buy the game. And if it's something bad, I just see myself just selling this thing and putting that towards something else that will I'll actually use. Yeah, because up to right now, I'm just. I'm just not seeing anything on the Xbox horizon that I even find remotely remotely interesting the 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 hellblade 2 you can't tell me that's not an interactive storybook at this point because there should have been some gameplay by now and well we'll see what happens so yeah we'll see well i got a hot news story off the press just like got released like 10 minutes on twitter so um basically Xbox Live is going away. It's going bye-bye on here. Starting on September 1st, Xbox Live Gold service will be replaced by Xbox Game Pass Core <laughs> on here. So, And um, who didn't see this coming? <laughs> yes, Xbox Live Gold is going to be changed to Xbox Game Pass Core uh, September 1st. And basically, in order to enjoy online multiplayer and various benefits, you must subscribe to the core service. So you still, for you to be able to get online with Xbox, you do have to subscribe uh, to the Xbox Game Pass Core. Uh, The price of Core is the same as the existing Live Gold price, so it's going to be $10 a month or $59.99 a year. All existing live gold subscribers will be converted to core subscribers. And uh, they're going to have a, like a, a catalog of titles available in the core service. So it's about 25 Game Pass games. So it's including games like Among Us, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable, Fallout 4, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Halo 5, you know, basically the the leavens on here, they're like the back of the back catalog <laughs> that you're gonna get on here. Psychonauts 2, State of Decay, Grounded. You know, everyone loves Grounded. Uh, one of the Ori games. You don't get both Ori games, you get one of them. But you know, you get Elder Scrolls Online. So, but uh, and then the games of gold, the free games you got per month that were kind of trash anyway. That will end as of September 1st. Uh, the free games you previously acquired with Live Gold will uh, still remain in your account because, you know, why would we take them away from you? They're so bad. And uh, you still get discounts on purchases that Game Pass subscribers also receive on there. So you still get your 20% Game Pass or a 10% discount. I think you get 20% if a game leaves the service. So, so yeah, it's, fi- it's finally done. Xbox Live Gold is left the building it's going to be game pass core instead so so the pricing of game pass it's going to be core for 9.99 a month console game pass console which is 10.99 a month uh game pass pc is still going to be 9.99 a month and then you get ultimate which you get both pc console and you get the cloud because everyone loves to play on the cloud so and you get the ea play uh membership as well so on there and so and of i'm honestly on... surprised they're not killing killing it xbox uh uh 
you know, I mean, well, they are. They're just they've just slapped a new label on it. So they the rebranded they it. Are, they got, they I'm got surprised they're the... even giving them a core. I really am. Well, it's kind of cool that they get like a, just like remember with that PlayStation uh, Plus like catalog they threw on the PS5 just to give you like a nice little catalog of games to kind of choose from. I think it's a good idea for that. You know, so it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of back catalog games that you could get with your ten dollars a month. So. Yeah, but you didn't this. have to subscribe to a service to get it. You just had to buy no. the console. Well, you, you actually would have had to have the PlayStation Plus to get that back catalog too. So, so Sony's doing the same thing with Plus. You know, you have to have Plus to do online. So yeah, they do online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, birds of a feather. I mean, it's just. I think it's the same thing, just with a different name, with different. You know, with the back catalog versus getting the crappy games per month and actually might be an improvement so who knows but you're far more you're far more optimistic about all this than i am i'll give you credit for that sir there you go (laughs) yeah you never know maybe there'll be a a golden game that will bring us to the xbox and play on a a daily basis we'll have to see Okay. We, we I mean we we all three of us we own Xboxes. We're not against the Xbox. I like to play games, you know. I just want a reason I, to fire the damn thing up. That's all. So. I know. I'm I'm in the same boat, but I mean you you can you can you can cry wolf to me only so many times. Yeah. And I've heard Phil cry wolf way too long. Wait for me too many times. From telling me I wish I I was more excited about the stuff I didn't show you, to to. You know, we've been down that rabbit trail before. And yeah, uh, the, the constant cycle, like, oh, yeah. you know, sorry for this year. It was COVID. It was this, it was yeah. that. You know, we we'll do a better I'm, job, I'm, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm done. I, I you, You've sold me one wolf ticket too many, sir. The money is no longer good here. Well, speaking of wolf tickets, me and Desmond happened to watch the limited run showcase a bit. So we got to see all the announcements for all the physical games that they're going to be bringing out so they did announce some new games that's the reason why we're mentioning here um but what did you think of the overall presentation des you thought it was like you know eh you know there's a few eh. games a few eh. games that were announced yeah they're using their carbon engine to bring out some older titles and so they are working on a few things themselves they are developing uh older titles to bring out and so they're kind of curating in a way, some of these older games and then also bringing them out physical. So they're working with WayForward to bring back the uh, game Clock Tower, which never got released here. It came out in Super Super Famicom back in the day. And so it was like, uh, it's kind of notable. So it's kind of cool that they're working on that. They're also bringing out, I have no idea why, but Gex Trilogy. They're bringing back the Gex series. So, you know, that the little wisecracking uh, uh, Gecko from the uh, 3DO like the James, like James Bond, but it's a gecko. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a, a stand-up comedian who voiced that? Dana Gold. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Are they going to get him to redo the the voice track? I wonder. I'm, I'm not sure. I, they still have access to all the voices he did, so it'd be kind of cool if they did. But uh, mm. they're also bringing out a remastered version of Tumba, which is a PlayStation One classic on their Sony published. Uh, game with featuring a pink-haired like you know um like uh, not a dinosaur but like a caveman basically so it's like it's made by the same guy that developed ghouls and ghosts that he did this game on his own so 
Tomba's actually a pretty cool game. It's a nice little platformer, so I'll have to see how well it looks and as far as what kind of level of polish they're going to add to it. But uh, uh, they also have a few. Uh, they kind of limited run tends to look at a lot of those like um, old school like CD games from back in the '90s, the you know direct to video games, and they just love those games, and so. They're bringing out a, a remaster of a noted game called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, which was absolute dog shit when it originally came out <laughs> with 3DO back in the day. And I think they like it just because of the fact that it was indeed that bad. And then they have another game that they're developing called Arzette, the Jewel of Faramore, but basically is a uh, kind of love letter to the Zelda CDI games that were on Philips CDI from back in the day. So it's like uh, they bring back the 90s. It's like, what's next? I mean, what are you going to bring back some Atari Jaguar influence like game or what? So, <laughs> don't know. But uh, there's a few things there. They are publishing. Uh, one of the games that got announced this past week was a um, Digital Eclipse uh, remaster, uh, like master edition of Karataka on there and they're bringing out the physical for that so so and I was you know asking Desmond when we were watching this if he knew what Karataka was and he's like nope so mm. nope <laughs> yeah both both me and uh, Kev have fond memories of Karataka because it was like one of those games on the Apple IIe that just was the bomb and yeah you know, it was on console too at some point, but it was during that kind of weird time when the market crashed. And so I think they brought out a version of Karateka on the 7800, but it never came out to like consoles proper because it was like between when Atari crashed and when the NES came out. And so, but I remember going on my breaks at, during high school and playing that game. We just would be, you know, with a pirated copy, of course, <laughs> on a floppy. Mm -hmm. uh, playing this game in computer lab, like on my lunch break, you know, so I go get my like, you know, lunch tickets, go get my crappy uh, cafeteria hamburger and then go play some Karateka or Montezuma's Revenge. So, so that was my, my sophomore year, like lunch highlights over there to go play Karateka in the computer lab. But uh, it's done by the same guy, Desmond, that originally did uh, went ahead and did Prince of Persia using this kind of same rotoscoping techniques and that kind of thing. So it's kind of similar in that vein, like the first Prince of Persia. So I know. So yeah, spe little special story. Um, shout out to my computer lab instructor in the eighth grade, Mrs. Shite, who was mm. kind enough to let me finish Karateka before my mom picked me up from after school had ended. She stuck around and <laughs> let me finish that game. Aww. After, <laughs> after school had ended, uh, my mom, God bless her heart, was, was standing in the, in, in the hallway waiting <laughs> for me to come out of computer lab and she and Mrs. Scheidt talked while I finished Karateka. And they gave me that space, that time and that space to do that. Uh, that. That is like, you know, when people ask me why I'm a gamer, it's it's stuff like that that just sticks in my memory. You know, um, 
that the, the, some of the some of the the joy uh, that are now uh, treasured memories in my in my mind, uh, and that's that's one of the reasons why I still game to this day. Because of stuff like that. So. so. Are you buying the physical for Karateka then, Kev? I will. I will. Yeah, I think I'll go for it. As far as the games they announce, I'll probably go for Karateka, maybe Tomba if it comes out okay. And then they did announce they're doing a physical for the Castlevania Advance Collection, which is be kind of cool to have. I own all those games physically on the GBA, but uh, I haven't broken down to buy the collection yet, but it might be cool to have on disc. Mm. But, uh, was Tomba also an arcade game? No, Tomba was not an arcade game. Which one was, which arcade game was it where you were the cavemen throwing the bones and fighting the dinosaurs? Joe and Mac. Joe and yeah. Mac, okay, Joe and yeah, Mac. Yeah, okay. uh, which right. also was also known as Caveman Ninja in the arcade too, yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we can't talk about that, you know, because they used Joe's likeness without paying him. <laughs> <laughs> he kept the name, but you know, didn't pay him. So we can't talk about Joe and Mac. He sued. That's why it's Caveman Ninja. Uh, why am I Joe and you're Mac? <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> it actually brought out a Joe and Mac game just recently for PlayStation Five and other platforms. It's very crappy. So stay away from that game. So. Mm. It's like what's 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 next? You're gonna bring back Chuck Rock or something? It's like, get out of here with that crap. <laughs> I'll probably see Unlimited Run Showcase 2024 Chuck Rock. Mm. Chuck Rock, yeah. But, okay, and then I did have one last story here. Uh, we talked about Baldur's Gate a bit uh, last show, Baldur's Gate three, and so. There was something that kind of popped off on Baldur's Gate 3 because they did a uh, f- focus on the game a little bit. And there was like some gameplay footage, but uh, they basically showed a uh, story sequence in the game where you could actually, um, with, you know, you're able to romance love interest, but you're able to have sex with a druid. Um basically um morphed as a bear so you're able to have sex with a bear in the game so sure why not and they also found out that in Baldur's gate 3 there is options in the game to customize your genitals as well so you know what more power to them (laughs) i mean i will not be using that function but sure why not (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so character customization in Baldur's so Gate 3 will also include a genitals option. So, and it says Me? here, sure, an option. Yeah, as so it's like here. Da, 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 let me see. The genitals option will seemingly be a part to tweak for every class's appearance in Baldur's Gate 3. Sure. On here, so um, and so other pr- uh, parameters to change regarding your character's appearance include maturity. Freckle quantity, freckle intensity, and um, vitaligo pigmentation. So whatever that is. So so I know Desmond, you probably get uh, you hours of vitiligo. Vitiligo, yeah. Yeah, you can give people vitiligo. Okay, so you can huh? be Michael. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So so Phil, I did see some video on this. I thought this was just like a joke. Or a, no. a, a gaslight that they did at their previous. This is actually a thing you can do in the I game, guess. in the actual game. I, I guess. Yeah, let me. Uh, this during this live. You can hump an animal. Wow. 
Well, because the druid can morph into other animals. They can no, shift, so... Yeah, but when I saw I saw the bear get this get this Winnie the Pooh honey eating smile on his face, walking over to some dude, and it's like, yeah, that's, that, that's actually in that's actually wow. Yeah, it's in the game. Yeah, so that's part of my language. That's fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it, it's it's it's. I'm I'm no prude when it comes to gaming, but this is just this this kind of hits on a different level. I don't yeah. care if he's a person. You, you know, change your ass back to a person before you <laughs> mount. You, you know, th- 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 no, th- this this is this is. Yeah, it's a little it's know. a little much. <laughs> it's a <You> little know. much. <laughs> There's another yeah. screenshot where you could or actually that so so far and bring the apocalypse, burn all this shit to the ground. I, it, when we're when we're humping animals and that's a gameplay mechanic, that no, I'm all the way good on this shit. I'm all the way good on this shit. I right now. That's one of the characters in the game you could actually romance. So this lizard man looking thing. So it's a druid. It's a dragon born druid. I think is what it's called. Is what he is. What they yeah. are. I don't know if it's a guy. Or yeah. Not. Yes, it is a dragon born druid. So I'm waiting for that <laughs> shofar to blow. I'm waiting because <laughs> if this is where we're going as a society and. Because when I heard the, because I, I saw the little clip on Twitter and the audience was cheering, and I just thought it was some type of joke that they were doing. I didn't know this was actually like part of the freaking game. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. No joke. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so we just took furry to the next level. A whole, the next, next a whole level. another level. <laughs> Uh, I put the screenshot in the outline for you guys. Take a look. What's next, Joe? That's it. That's the Jabroni Gaming News. What's what's next? Okay, we're done. Oh, my God. Okay. Hmm. What a way to end. Thanks, Joe. No problem. I mean, I could dig up a news story if you want. (laughs) No, no, we're good. Thank you. I know Everspace 2 is coming out out in August, August 15th. Fantastic. Looking forward to that space shooter. It's going to be so. fantastic. Got it. Oh, man. <laughs> Game night. <laughs> I, I can't even think of a transition for that. Game night <laughs> takes Don't place try. every Thursday. Yeah, I'm not. It takes Don't place try. every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks uh, for bearing with us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. Uh, you were saying? Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. um 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh whatever you want to play, hey, mention it in the Discord. If we don't have it, we'll get it. Uh, we we take that that day in the week to interact and hang out with those who have enjoyed our show and, and our uh members of our Discord community. So whatever game that you you have you're interested in playing with that you may be interested in playing with us, go ahead and post it in the Discord, and we will make it happen Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. So you may be asking yourself, okay, uh, aside from the bear humping, uh, what other wonderful, how, how can I become a part 
of this gaming community that you guys have got going over there at Gaming Vessels. Well, here's how you do it. You hit up, you hit us up on Twitter at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Click the link in our Twitter page, and you're in our Discord server. There is no waiting period. There is no Patreon tier list to subscribe to. Just click the link. You're in. Just be a good person who likes talking about video games, and you'll be welcome with open human arms, not bear arms, human arms, human arms, bear paws <laughs> into our into a, uh, a fairly lively game, <laughs> lively gaming community where we discuss the industry, our likes, dislikes, um, varying opinions on gaming, but all are discussed and debated without the personal attacks that you that you so often see on much larger uh, social platform media. So if you if you like talking about games but could do without the nonsense, I would highly encourage you to hit us up on our Discord server. Special kudos and thank yous go out to Will D uh, for not only providing our question of the week for our next episode, but also putting out some a really interesting discussion that we took advantage of here in our vessel line. Will D is one of our generals out there in the gaming vessels discord community. Shout out to you, sir. And shout out to everyone who participates there and on our game nights, because without y'all out there, we're just three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So big thank yous to you, sir, and everyone else who's a part of what we got going on. So that's going to bring episode 215 to a close. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res lover. That's me. A.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. that gamer step daddy. And for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Who you might also know as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, yo. Hey, boo-boo. Mm, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next time. <laughs> Episode 216 in your ears. Peace. Yogi.